Welcome to the Spirit Anointing the Word, the podcast of Highland Church, Jamaica, New York, with Pastor Subash Cherian. We're so glad to have you with us today, and we're excited about God's Word because it gives us strength and hope for each and every day. Let's listen as Pastor Subash shares this powerful message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering. He shall reign forevermore. The desire of all ages, that word you find from the minor prophet, that he is the desire of all ages. And, and what was the desire? It is so wonderfully put by the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 64 and verse 1, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come. This is the heart of this man, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And this sort of captivates the desires and the hearts of people that God would come down and visit us, that God would come and touch us, that God would come and heal us, that God would come and restore us, deliver us, bring us peace and joy. You know, all through the years, that is exactly what God has been doing, reaching out, visiting mankind, and the first instance you find in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, when he comes down and walks uh, in the cool of the day and walks with Adam and Eve and ministers and touches them until man fell. And yet you find him visiting some in a very positive and yet some like this one in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 5 in a negative that the Lord came down to visit and this is what they were doing making a tower like we're doing today without God, a world government without the presence of God, thinking that our cigarette tower would replace the presence of God. But I want you to understand, when you go through the passages of the Bible, you find again and again the majestic aspect of the great creator God coming down to visit mankind. It is best summarized in Psalm chapter chapter. 8, I believe, and verse 4, thou, what is man that thou should consider him or you should visit him? Think about it, that God should visit his creation. Uh, of course, he's the apex of all creation. But that God should visit him, the desire of the prophet that you would visit man. And when you look at the first visitation, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and appeared to his people, his people did not accept him. In fact, Luke chapter 19, verse 44, he simply says, all these things will happen because you did not know the hour of your visitation. We're living in a final visitation, and if we are not careful, we will miss altogether the finality of the great visitation of God. I want us to remind you what a wonderful way the, the psalmist talks about it in chapter 64, uh, chapter 65 and verse, uh, verse 9. And he encapsulates this very pro pro prominent word, you visit the earth and waters it and greatly enriches it. And this is not only the natural, but as well as the spiritual. When there is a visitation... There's not simply a vegetation, but there's fruitfulness everywhere, totality. Oh, that God would visit us. 
And that's exactly what he did. You know, there's a statement that Lord Jesus Christ makes in John chapter 6 and verse 38. He talks about seven times about the bread that comes down from heaven and then identifying himself as that living bread. But look what he says, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. So he's come down from heaven. You know, we sing that song, you came down from heaven and you showed us the way. He is one that comes down from heaven. And that is the Father's will. We know that in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoso believes in him should not die but have eternal life. Because in verse 17, God did not send his Son to condemn the world, but that through him they would be saved. That is the whole purpose of his great visitation. And once you accept, to them gave you power. And for those who reject, what a tragedy it is. He stands at the door waiting for you to open the door. So we find he came, or he's coming. That's the desire of the prophets, the desire of mankind for throughout the ages, throughout the culture, throughout the centuries. And you find in between the great division, the B.C. and the A.D. divided by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a better way to put than what you find uh, in the beautiful way that the psalmist talks about. He came and the heavens were rent and, and the mountains broke through. It was a beautiful, uh, poetic way he describes that. And I want us to understand in a marvelous way that he comes and he reaches out to his people. And what a wonderful way. I like the way that... Uh, the man goes up, the prophet goes up into the tower to hear from God, to see. And there is one passage, uh, the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk the prophet describes it in chapter 3 and verse 3. Look at what he says as he looks up, God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Param. Think about it, Selah, the glory covers the heaven, the heaven and the earth is touched and the earth is full of his praise. When the presence of God comes, there's the angelic voices, glory to God in the highest, and on earth be peace and goodwill among men. The powerful presence of God you find in such a marvelous way comes about literally. When you look into the passage in a marvelous way in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things made by Him, without Him was nothing made. But when you come down to verse 14, you find this Word becomes flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17, verse 16 says, of His fullness we have received grace upon grace. You see, my friend, we don't live in the Old Testament. We find earlier in, in verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus. We live in a day of grace because of that great momentous time in history when the Word became flesh. You know, I like the way that the book of Genesis begins, in the beginning God created, and you find the Elohim creating. 
And then when you read the three Gospels, there, and I talked about it in the Sunday's historic event of what took place in Bethlehem, and they begin the Christmas story. But John goes even beyond Genesis chapter 1, beyond the, in the beginning, way before the beginning. In other words, before there was any beginning, John says the Word was there with the Father. And then you find the Word becomes flesh. So we're thinking about Jesus in the flesh, but remember this, before incarnation, He was the Word. And when you fast forward it, you're going to find the Word in His in his brilliance, in his excellency, in the beauty, in his majesty, all of this. So we have come down to what takes place on that Christmas morning when the Word becomes flesh and we see the little child in a manger comes in a rather unusual way, identifying with literally so much of people around the world in their desperate situation, not born in a royal palace, but in the most humblest manner, the poorest of the poor. And yet with such a, with a glorious pastor coming in from the house of David. What I find is so beautiful is the way in which he comes and relates to us. And he comes down and he's born. And when you think about the reason why he's born, that we would be born again. Thank God that Jesus Christ came. Thank God that he has come to give us life. But a day is coming that he's going to come back again in all his glory, not like the little child in a manger. I like the way Paul writes to the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. Look at the way that he writes about when Jesus will come, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Remember this. He did come down. The word became flesh in the humblest of our way. But he's coming back as the Lord of glory and says from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangels, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And verse 17, we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up. That's what happens. Because the fullest manifestation you find in that born-again experience that when we shall see him, we shall be like him. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, left the celestial city, the great celestial city of heaven, and comes to this earth, born in a lowly manger, that he would take us who are down, right, and under a planet in sin, and lift us up, and one day he's coming, so we would be taken up to where he is that we would be like him. Children of the living God, not the word, but he pre reproduces children of the Father. In so many ways, what was in that Eden, the pristine glory of God, the first man and woman, to have fellowship with God in spirit and in truth. So you can understand the day is coming just like he came the first time. When the word became flesh, but the second time he comes, he comes in his majestic glory. Listen to what Paul again writes, but this time to the church in Corinth when he comes again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51. 
What he says is, behold, I show you a mystery. Behold, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a twinkling of an eye, the next verse says, and then uh, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Changed from what would be this mortal body into what would be immortal body. What would be broken down into what would be the masterpiece of God's glory. So he's not left us alone. He's preparing us. And one day he's coming back to receive us unto himself. I want to say this, my friend. When he came the first time, it was his people. People that he loved. People that he came down to give his life for rejected him. When he comes back again, he's coming for the second group of people. And this, like Israel, is the church and they are lethargic. They are sleeping. Think about what happened to the past. It is being repeated again. And yet, God is looking for revenant people because He's preparing us, and He is not finished with us. He sent us the Holy Spirit, and He's preparing for that great and marvelous day of His second coming. We look back and say, Thank you, God, that heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day that I found the Lord. Heaven came down with all his glory when Jesus came to dwell in our hearts, but he was first born in Bethlehem and born with us, and we're born again. But one day, you see, all things begins to change within but one day when he's coming back again, the second time, we will be totally, completely changed. It will be spiritual in a sense that we will know him. You know, I like the way John describes this experience in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. He hears the word, come. The door was opened, and the first voice that I heard was saying, come up with her, and I will show you things that must come hereafter. But the next verse... He says, and look, I looked, and behold, the door was opened, and he says, uh, there was one that sat on the throne. Uh, simply, human eyes cannot see and recognize him. But a day will come that even as the first man and woman walked with God, walked with Yahweh, we would walk with him and talk with him. Thank God for Jesus. The old Nicene Creed says, I believe in God the Father, the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. Then it goes on to say, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I believe in God and thank God that God sent the word. And no matter how difficult it has been, even the Father looked away when the Son was crucified. For this he came. I like his teaching, but his teaching is not going to save you. It's life. And his death is what saves you. He's the greatest teacher, but he ought to be your savior. It must be his blood that covers you. And without the blood, there is no remission. Jesus came for this purpose. And one day he's coming back for his blood brought spirit-filled people of God who are watching and waiting till he comes. And this is the final way in which the word to his people, Jesus speaks. What a marvelous way. Look at what it says in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. Again, come. 
like Jesus said in 11 and 28 of Matthew, come unto me. He says here, the spirit and the bride says, come, let him that hear it say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, that whoso will let him take the water of life freely. Just here we are. At the close of this year, 2022, we will be entering into 2023. What of the future? I don't know. But I can tell you what of the future. For those who walk with God, for those who worship the Lord, for those who have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, let come what may, but one day we will be in heaven glorifying the Father because of Jesus. One day we will be the possessor of heaven and earth and we would become prince and princess and we become kings and priests because of Jesus. He came down to pick us up who were worthless and he takes us and translates us and completely changes us into what God desires of us that winsome people that would give him glory. We don't know what happens tomorrow, but let me just say the final end. I do know, you know the book says, we will be with him forever and forever. All of that takes place because the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Is he formed in you? Is he dwelling with you? The greatest mystery is he born in you and Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then you have understood the meaning of Christmas. Shall we stand up? You know, there's something that I saw of a human being. He's the best at it. I mean, he's the greatest footballer. And there is the Argentinians just at his name, Messi, Lionel Messi, they bow down. I said, for a man? But he's the greatest, they said. There will never be one like him. But I'm going to tell you, my friend, like Billy, he will be relegated in the past. But there is one that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And I'm going to ask you, my friend, just wave, bow down before him. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for his grace, for his goodness. God bless you. God be with you. Happy, Merry Christmas, and hope you enjoy Christ now and forevermore till he comes back to take us home. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that you've been encouraged by the word of the Lord. To learn more, please visit our website, highlandny.org, or our Facebook page, Highland Church, New York. Until next time, may God richly bless you.